Welcome to the Chocolate Bar. I'm Bree. I'm Dee. Uh, our lives, our strength, <laughs> our time. I screwed that up, but that's okay. We're going to keep going. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> we are totally out of it today. We need to do a blooper show for sure. We would have like hours and hours of, of, of content. Foolishness. Um, welcome back, you guys. Uh, we missed you as usual. We are on episode 34. So we are officially almost middle-aged, um, but adultish. And uh, we are happy to have you guys with us. And I guess we can talk a little bit about what we've been up to since our last amazing episode with Monica. Um, So what's been going on with you? I genuinely don't know. (laughs) In the most genuine way. Not like my usual, I just don't know because there's not a lot going on, but I genuinely don't know. Um, I almost need my Instagram to tell me what my life has been up to. That's really sad. Right, exactly. (laughs) I have been training and working and I think that's really, I I think work has been, this is the strangest thing to say ever, but I think work has been so good that I haven't necessarily had the energy to do a whole bunch of other things. Um, Oh, okay. That's good. We're we're working on a lot of really cool projects, one of which might bring me to your neck of the woods. Hey, Um, we got to talk about that. Yeah, so, and this might be multiple times per year to your neck of the woods if I have my way. Uh, So there's that. And um, Could you imagine a real live episode of us in the same place? Girl, that would be ridiculous. No one is ready, including us. No. And most definitely not Angus. No. He's not ready at all. <laughs> no. Nobody would be ready. Uh, let's see. What else have I been up to? I am officially, according to my friend, the physical therapist, allowed to start training squats. So I have been Yay, struggling my way through squats. There is nothing more humbling, let me tell you, than realizing that an empty bar feels like garbage. <laughs> yeah. I have... I've had lots of injuries over the year. I tore my quad. Um, it's been since I've known you, so it's been within mm-hmm. the last five or six years. But yeah, I think I remember you mentioning that. Even with te- tearing my quad, I was able to do other leg training. I think this yeah. is the first time where I really had to not... I really didn't have the ability because of the what was going on mechanics-wise mm-hmm. to do any sort of really intense leg training. So I am really, in terms of my legs as their own independent body part, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, really de- deconditioned. It's It's been the strangest thing to, you know, yeah. try to find my squat again and find what lunges are. And I'm trying not to... My temptation, and I think this is everybody's temptation, even when you know better has always I, you know i just want to throw the the, the 45s on there and go to town but i am going to do it quickly that uh that's a good way to get dead so yeah. we have been i have been it right now i am benching far heavier than i ever squat mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm hoping to maybe consistently see i know i have the strength i did like kind of a low-key max test just to kind of get an idea of what wouldn't you know where my top end is but Mm -hmm. i don't even know at this point i would just like to see a 200 pound squat sometime before 2019 okay Um, okay 
I'm claiming it for you. That's that's kind of where I am right now. Uh, I think I've said on past episodes that I don't intend to do a full power meet at any point. I don't know that my squat will ever come back enough to... I mean, if it does DA happy day, then we'll talk about that then. Uh, but the mechanics of what all has gone on and the multiple things that have been going right. on that led to me having to take that massive hiatus from yeah. leg training. Um, part of me just says, don't push your luck and be happy with deadlifting because as a result of being able to squat again mm-hmm. and the resolution of the whole situation, I don't even want to say injury because it wasn't really right. an injury. Um, but the resolution to that entire, I don't know, compendium of fuckery. I don't mm-hmm. even know what Ooh, you want to call I like it. That. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Um, the re- resolution of that has made it so that I can actually deadlift consistently now, and that's oh, cool. starting to come back. Right and, I haven't, and I haven't had, you know, I think you've heard, you you probably more than anybody else, you know, the horribly, horribly tight hamstrings where I couldn't even right. stand straight in my lower yeah. back. So all that's been getting resolved. So long story short, I am back to squatting about, oh, I don't know, 95 pounds on a regular <laughs> basis. Um, and yeah, other than that, it's finally, I'm hoping fingers crossed i don't know it's almost spring in atlanta i I, the cars are green and i can't i'm not even going i'm not i'm just going just say if we get a great day i appreciate it because right it is 40 degrees spring is basically what was that song i don't fuck with you that's that has been spring she's just basically like nah i'm good yeah atlanta's been fairly consistent we've had a couple days but we haven't had what you guys have had up northern north of us where it snows one day and it's 80 degrees two days later yeah, it's really, we haven't had that. It's been crazy. It, I mean, spring is really just petty as far as I'm concerned. So whatever, <laughs> yeah, girl. We yeah, we haven't had that. We haven't had that. We've just yeah. had pretty. We've had the warmer side of cold and then mm-hmm. just straight up hot. So yeah. there you go. I'm, I'm I'm enjoying what I what really good days I get and <sighs> hanging out with the doggies and that's about it. So cool, what have cool. you been up to? I feel like you always have cool stuff going on. Man, I like wish I did. Um, a- anything and everything and nothing. Um, I don't know if I, I don't know if we've met back up to recap since I went to my friend's um, powerlifting meet. I can't remember. I'm assuming we did. I think we have. I, I we, think you know we did because yeah, but we didn't have this have on the, the podcast because we had guests. But anyway, so yeah, f- a few weeks ago, um, I uh, went to a powerlifting meet to support a friend, and it was so interesting. It's one of my girlfriends. Hey, Candace. Um, it was in this part of. Um, Maryland that literally I never ever ever go to Uh, just I mean no particular reason there just isn't much out there number one and number two like I don't know anyone that really know that lives here or anything um so I'm like oh you know I'll go to this meet um you know and and I was gonna be you know her handler so I'd be I was gonna be busy but I was kind of like oh I'm not gonna know anybody there wah 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 girl so I went to this meet how about I met not one not two but three Instagram friends like it was just the (laughs) most and none of them were from that particular area. It was the most random thing ever. Um, and I think one of the cool things about powerlifting and the powerlifting community, like you really, there really are no strangers per se. Um, and I mean, it was funny because, you know, I'm, I'm helping my friend do her thing. And like, you know, like when you hear a sound, like you hear a sound and somebody's saying something, but you're so not focused on that. And you're also, you don't know the person. So you, you know, aren't, it's not like you think it they're talking process, to you. Yeah. Right. So I'm, you know, doing my thing and I hear, I keep hearing Brie, Brie, 
Capri. And it didn't even occur to me to turn around because I was like, I don't know nobody out here. Ain't nobody <laughs> know me. And I turned around and it's Canoe. And I was like, girl, what? So, you know, if you all, she's on Instagram. She's amazing. She's super cool. Um, so, and it was funny because we had literally just talked about the opportunity to meet up soon. And we were like, sooner rather than later, like not realizing we were going to meet that weekend. 24 hours later. (laughs) Yeah. So that was really, really cool. You know, so I got to give her a hug. Hey girl. And, um, I met. I'm still waiting for my hug. Oh, okay. All right. It's out there. Um, I met Charm City Chick who, interestingly enough, lives in, in, in the same area as me, but again, not in this particular city. Um, so that was really cool. And, um, I didn't even know she knew who I was. So that was kind of weird and interesting and cool. And then, um, who else did I meet? Chrissy Mack. Chrissy Mack, who interestingly enough lives in your area and goes to my your gym. gym. And I met her before you did, <laughs> which I, you know, I was on Instagram that day and I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, Wait, and what? Chrissy and I had been trying to line up a time to meet for, I think almost three weeks at that point. And we never could get it together. And I was just, are you kidding me right now? I'm on Instagram. And it's the craziest thing because Chrissy and I had talked that, I think, maybe two days prior. And she told me she was going to Maryland for the powerlifting meet. And I think I had told you I was doing one that I was going to be one that weekend too. And I just, I don't think I ever asked about what federation. Right. One of them. So I was like, well, it's told in my head. If I had known they were both the same federation, I would have said, okay, it has to be the same meet because they're right. going to be running two meets with one federation in, right. in, you know, right. in the same together, state. Yeah. In the same state. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. But because I never asked, I was like, oh, it's, well, it's kind of feasible that there could be, you know, yeah. a USPA and a USAPL meet on yeah. the opposite sides of town or something. Right. No. Right. There you go. That's what that I get so from fun. not asking questions. I know. That was so crazy. But that was super cool. So I got a chance to meet them and give them hugs and take pictures. So that was fun. And then the interesting thing was even outside of them, I met a couple of other people that knew who I was, which was really weird. Um, <laughs> Cause I was wearing a chocolate bar t-shirt. And so they recognized me from that. And I was like, okay, look at our little podcast. Um, so that was kind of a strange feeling. And then, and then it was funny because like, it, you know, people came up and was like, hey, and I'm like, hey, and they're like, we're so excited to meet you. And I'm looking, you know, that that thing where people kind of looking over each shoulder like, is there somebody behind me? Because why are you excited to meet me? But anyway, so that was fun. And then um, the other cool part about that meet was, again, you know, a lot of times being a black woman, you go to these events and you usually don't see very many people that look like you particularly or um, but or maybe a few. But there was actually a powerlifting team there of black women and they were so dope. And I mean, literally they plus my girlfriend that I was there to help. I mean, they literally smoked that meat. It was like, I mean, I just, they just looked like superheroes. It was amazing. So um, I was really happy to meet them. And the, one of the women who competed was actually the coach of the other ladies. So it was just super dope. Some people, folks might've seen the pictures. Um, the one of the ladies, um, her company's called Fruit Fit. Hey girl. 
we're gonna get her on the podcast soon um so i had a chance to meet them and it's just really nice to go somewhere and you know it was almost like this Issa Rae moment where i was like i'm rooting for all the black people you know so i'm like i'm good luck girl yeah i'm rooting for everybody black so that was really really cool um so i enjoyed that thoroughly so that happened oh and earlier that week i don't know i forgot about this um i had a chance to meet up with miss courtney olson of girl um hadn't seen her in a couple of years in person so that was um fantastic she was in dc doing something being her amazing self and so we had a chance to have lunch and hug and and kick you know kick it and talk and so that was always that's always a good time so it was a good week man it was a good week i'm gonna need courtney to find her way to the atlanta area right because yeah i told her she needs I, to start taking her little girl tour on the road yes, because i feel like i'm the only person on earth who has yet to meet courtney. right yeah so she, and she's I think she's working on some stuff. So hopefully we'll get a chance. She'll be coming to a city near you, wherever you are. Um, so that was cool. Um, training's fine. Just, you know, again, just same old, same old. Just finished up a heavy lifting cycle, which was really, really taxing on my body. So now I'm just doing like all the bodybuilding hyper stuff, which is super cool. Um, and, you know, I, I talk to Dee about this all the time, just trying to, you know, exist in a different version of of my body and the funny thing is and i told um i told you this but you know i don't care i'll tell everybody so apparently (laughs) i had been you know like i said i put on definitely put on some weight um and you know i like my bras no longer fit you know my sports bras but i thought it was more just because my back had gotten bigger you know and so i was like okay um i should probably go get some bras so i'm thinking you know, I, I, I was basically the same size pretty much my entire adult life, save for, you know, that amount of time that I was pregnant with my son. But I've always been like a good, solid 34B. Like, that's just been me, you know, whatever. And so we have one of those like fancy schmancy um, lingerie stores where they like actually go in like and they fit you and they know what they're talking about. And it's not like some 12 year old girl of Victoria's Secrets. So I was like, let me go. And because the last time I had gotten bras, I think was, you know, a few years ago, and I definitely knew my size had changed since then. So I roll up in there and I'm like, okay. And so the woman measured me and just, you know, was like, you know, I'll bring you some some bras. I'm like, okay. So I'm sitting back there waiting. She brings me like three really pretty bras and I try them on. They fit like a dream. They're so comfortable. They're beautiful. Had not looked at the tag, right? So I'm like, okay. And so I'm like, well, I'll buy, I'll buy at least one. I mean, they're like $90,000 a piece. So <laughs> that's why I only go to the store to get measured. And buy one and buy the bra. bra somewhere else, right? So I said, "Well, I'll at least buy one." So I pick it up, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, you know, this is the least expensive of them." Girl, I looked at that size, and I was like, is this? <laughs> "I said, let me hold on, let me get my glasses." Is this number backwards? Is this, is this euro sizes? Because girl, that joint was a 34D, as in David. Wait, what? Welcome to I the mean, club. I literally, I, you could have knocked me over with Welcome a to the feather. club. And the funny thing about it is, you know, so of course, you know, I, I text my husband um, and he's like, <laughs> fist, he is fist pumping. Let me tell you, like, he has been overjoyed with the changes in this here body lately. I had the, you know, whatever fortune, misfortune to marry a uh, it's weird I don't know a whole lot of black men that are boob men but my husband's definitely a boob man. I mean he appreciates ass and thighs too but he's always been kind of obsessed with boobs and I was kind of like 
bro, I, I don't know why you with me because yeah, I got nothing for you. So he's just, he's loving life right now. He's so I mean, excited about life. I was just so, and it was weird the way it kind of hit me, you know, because I think a lot of women would be like, yes, you know, and I was like, no, you know, part of it because I've just, I, I, I already kind of feel like I'm in somebody else's body just because I, you know, I, I've, it's definitely different than, I mean, of course, you know, if you've been, if you spent the last however many years dieting and probably under eating, yeah, it's going to feel a little weird, um, you know, to be in a larger version of yourself, even though I'm stronger and, you know, I'm, 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 I'm fine. But I think also the reason that it kind of freaked me out a little bit was that one of the things I always sort of associated with having like more of a quote unquote athletic frame you know, and, and I guess even being lean or whatever is typically a lot of those ladies that, you know, aren't enhanced have fairly small boobs because, you know, breasts are body fat, right? So I think I just kind of, it just kind of hit me like, whoa, like I'm like, I'm different now. Like I'm really different now. You know, I could kind of play it off a little bit before, but you know, like I'm different coming and going now, you know? And so, <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, it, 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 it kind of tripped me out a little bit. Like I was a little, I don't want to say down. Cause I don't want to be one of those girls like, Oh my God, now I have breasts. How terrible. But I mean, I was kind of like, man, this is, this is something different, you know? Well, it's, so it's one of those things that, and I think that's your feeling the thing that you never understood that I was telling you that happens every time my thyroid goes yeah and I gained exactly. 25 or 30 pounds yeah. I was like I feel like I'm walking around in an alien's body right because yeah. you go from being like you said you walk around and you kind of have whatever the picture is it doesn't even always mean small boobs because yeah. Lord knows I don't know that my boobs have ever been truly small even right when I'm, they're they're either proportionate or massive like right and i guess i mean the the athletic version yeah, of me right, always exactly. meant small boobs but it's you have this picture in your head of what athletic looks for like it looks like for you right when it's not that anymore it's like whoa like right now i'm going through the tail end of that even with dieting i know i can't diet my way back to right the picture of what i should look like in my head right so it is it is it is definitely a process and And it's and it's almost like wait am i still an athlete which is completely ridiculous but i'm just like can I still can, deadlift? I will Can give I still you squat. You I know? will give you the warning that I I almost posted this on Instagram today, and I'm this topic will tickle you only because of what we're talking about right now in this moment. I was doing some videos for um, a friend of mine who is she's a I guess you could say beginning powerlifter very very early on, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to help her with her bench a little bit. Um, and so I told her I would do some videos from a couple of different angles so she could mm-hmm. see what I'm doing right. when I set up because she doesn't have any power. She trains in a in a, in a, commercial, a small commercial gym. Mm-hmm. So there's really no one around to help her who knows what they're right. doing. And <laughs> I was watching some of the videos back. And as most of you know, I have a massive arch when mm-hmm. I bench heavy. Yeah. And I was looking at the video and I had to, to show her where my shoulders are and my lats are. I filmed from kind of the side back yeah. off my right shoulder. And I was like, damn, no wonder I can't breathe. My titties are in my mouth. Right, 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 right. <laughs> they right. are literally, I had on a sports bra, but it wasn't a particularly like strap them down because I wasn't yeah. going to jump around or anything yeah. today. 
And when those mugs slid back, I was like, no wonder Gravity. I can't breathe. They're, wrapped ar- they're practically wrapped around my neck. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm strangling myself with my tatas. That is why oh my God, I can't so breathe. Funny. And that is why my neck is so sweaty on bench days because it's my like tatas are moment. strangling me. And I, you know, I always film, most of us film bench from the side, like directly parallel yeah. to see what's going on. So I've never seen it right. <laughs> from that angle. That is but hilarious. Now we know. So if you ever feel particularly sweaty in the neck area Brie now I know it's your tata (laughs) strangling your neck that is hilarious but yeah so that's been kind of an odd experience lately um and again you know I think all of us all the time are just always trying to get used to whatever version we have of what we are at that at any given point so you know you I kind of had to pull my coattail and be like okay seriously like get your life together so um but I will say it it was actually fantastic having a bra that actually fits now and not you know cutting into my back and all that other stuff and you know they're all nice and high so I'm happy about that (laughs) I need to do Um, the same same thing for my sports bras yes oh yeah that's 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 the next thing I need to get rid of them smalls because hunty and then kind of on that same vein a little bit so around the same time you know I you know was complaining to my husband about you know my clothes for work I have a you know job that I have to dress um you know a little bit a little bit above um business casual but not quite formal business traditional um depending on what I have going on so I only like really had one pantsuit because I don't wear them that often but I do have occasions where I need to wear them well of course you know I the one that I had and I had a pantsuit custom made by my husband's tailor like I don't know, maybe four or five years ago. So, of course, now when I put it on, I look like David Banner turning into the Hulk. And I was like, this is not going to work. So I went to I went with him to because he he this so this tailor travels like he I think he's based in L.A. But he comes to like every three months, he'll come to our area and like set up in a hotel and you go and he has like 90 bazillion different types of fabrics. And so you can pick out, you know, fabric and, you know, in, uh, you know, colors and all of that really cool stuff. So I went I just tagged along with him because he needed to get um, a couple of suits and some new shirts because he's changed jobs. And so I was like, okay yeah I'm not gonna get a suit or whatever so I go and um you know and he said well just bring your your old suit with you whatever so of course I ended up getting a suit and so he's measuring me and so you know he's he first I put the old jacket on and he you could tell he wanted to laugh so he was like oh it, yeah yeah it definitely he's I think he's in he's like it, you know, it definitely fits a little different now like I'm like that's an understatement um and then so he's you know he takes all of my measurements like he's very thorough like my neck you know all the things and so you know i'm again i'm like okay well you know clearly i've i've put on a little whatever it is and so he comes back and he's like yeah he said actually the thing that's changed the most is your back and shoulders he said you've actually uh, gained about you know two and a half three inches since you were last here and of course he kind of gave me that look like he was waiting for me to burst in tears and i was kind of like yes yeah gains baby you know so it's just so funny how those different little things affect you so differently like you know on that one hand i'm like oh, titties and then on the <laughs> other hand i'm like yeah baby let's so it's been, it's 
been quite. I just talked about my titties on this podcast. <laughs> well, we've talked about everything else. I mean, yeah, this is true. We talked about other people's titties, just not mine. Um. So anyway, so yeah, that it, it's been an adventure, but you know, enough about me. So um, I thought we could spend some time talking about you know for a variety of reasons. I've had to. Oh, duh! I forgot. I'm planning a um surprise party. She don't listen to this podcast for my. Why am I whispering? For my mother. <laughs> My mother's y'all. We are a mess today. Oh, we are a mess today. We love y'all, but we are a mess. So just my bear mother's with us. 80th birthday is Thursday, and so I'm flying to California, and I'm <clears throat> excuse me throwing her a surprise party on Saturday. So so can I ask a really the- stupid question? Yes. I knew the party was a surprise party, but is your arrival a surprise? Because no, I'm not trying to kill her. Okay, she knows we're coming. That seems like a lot. A lot. No, she knows we're coming. Okay. Um, So I've been trying to plan that long distance and not, you know, and keep it from her. So that's been, you know, having to deal with family and people that I, you know, some folks I don't, you know, on purposely don't deal with a lot. Um, That plays into that. And then there was a bullying incident um, with my son this week at his school. And this is like, the latest in a uh, several incidents and i will get into that whole situation at some other time when we have more time but needless to say um after all of these things have happened you know i really wanted to talk about you know the curse of niceness and just because i love that drake song nice for what and i just thought it was so cool that you know the, the stuff he was saying in the song i was like you know yeah we, we nice to these ninjas so anyway i was like let's talk about niceness and how you know i think that's also one of those things you know we talk about the angry black woman trope and you know i think it's also it's just another one of those things that you know kind of serves to really wear us down and you know really affect our mental health and so I thought it might be good to talk about that and we can talk a little bit of kind of about our own personal experiences with being nice. And then I found a really um, great article that talked about how you can determine if you're being quote unquote too nice and, you know, some things you can do about it. But, you know, when I think about that, the whole niceness trope, right, I think about the fact that as a young as a, as a child, I mean, as far back as I can remember, that was the goal for little girls, yes. right? Be, be nice. nice. You know, when you do something wrong, that's not nice. You know, be nice to her, blah, 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 right? So we all grew up with that. And, and you know, as we got older and started to think about dating and, and men and, you know, kind of, you know, what was important to them, that was another reason that was dangled in front of us that we need to be nice, you know, so boys will like us and they'll, you know, whatever, whatever. In the workplace, you know, you need to be nice, you know, with your family, you need to be nice, right? And I think now that I I realize that the reason that word bothers me so much is that I feel that it's used more as a weapon than anything else. And I feel like it's manipulative. And if you think about it, it's not really very definitive. What does being nice mean? Nice by whose standards? By whose standards, you know? And so, you know, I realized that I was blinded by that for a really long time and this desire to be seen and be perceived as being nice. And, you know, that I think turns a lot of people into people pleasers and all of these other things. And I think what's most important about you know why it's so dangerous is that for most people almost I won't say most people for a lot of people when they say 
you know, you're not being nice or you're being mean. That is basically code for you are setting boundaries and won't allow me to cross them. Exactly. And I think that is where it becomes problematic for, you know, how people view and even for us, you know, it 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 scares us into not creating safe boundaries for ourselves because we don't want to be perceived as being nice, right? Um, and I think that's doubly um, impactful for black women for, you know, the reasons that we've talked about on previous podcasts. And just in general, there's already this preconceived notion that we're angry and that exactly. we're aggressive. And anytime that we express ourselves with passion or are, you know, emphatic about making a point, it's always, why are you angry? What are you so angry about? I'm not angry. I, a, you know, I have a deep voice or I'm what the f- you know based upon what <laughs> based upon what i'm discussing with you you know why the hell should i be grinning like it's not that i'm not you know being nice i'm just explaining There's something to you or i'm calling nice. you on your shit yeah so i i think that this expectation that's placed upon us that we have to be nice at all cost you know is is really doing us some damage and you know again you know listening to that song you know by drake i think has really made a lot of young women think about yeah why nice for what you know, who who mandated that that has to be the standard and why? And what if that's not, you know, healthy for me? You know, I'm, I, do I still need to do it? Right. So I kind of wanted to get into that a little bit. But um, yeah, so kind of, you know, what's uh, what's been your history in relationship to that word? You know, I, when you started talking about this as your when you brought the idea to the table as an episode, it was so strange for me because I distinctly remember a lot as a child being told that I wasn't nice. The problem right. was is I didn't give a fuck. Yes, baby. <laughs> That's, yes. I really I was I honestly if you ask a lot of my family members and quite frankly a lot of my little kid friends, they'll tell you I mm-hmm. was mean. I was kind of an asshole of a little kid because I didn't really give a fuck about being nice. Right. And I don't know why I didn't give a fuck. I just didn't. <laughs> but now that you look back on it was it that you were being mean or was it that you were just trying to set boundaries for yourself? Usually it was me being mean because I didn't know the words. Right. To say, I don't like this. Right. So you know me, I am not a touchy feely person. I'm huggy with my very close friends. Like if I see Brie, I'm going to hug Brie. Right. If I feel close to you, like when I met Chrissy Mack, there was no reason for me to be afraid of Chrissy. I know Chrissy. We've been talking on, we had been talking for four weeks behind the scenes. So hugging her felt perfectly normal. Yeah. But I don't like when people are like, oh, I'm a hugger. Hug me. Oh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> Get off me. And, right. as, and as a little kid, I was even more like that than I am now. And right. so I would do things like people tried to hug me or pinch my cheeks. And I had little, you know, big, fat little kid cheeks. Mm-hmm. And people always wanted to touch me. Mm-hmm. And I would literally, I, I didn't give a fuck. I would hit people. I would scream. I would push and just right. stop and I remember like you know being one of those stop touching me <laughs> mm. like everything was bad touch for me I, just I know that's right touch. but my, I distinctly remember my family members Adina, that's not nice that's not mm-hmm. nice that's mm-hmm. not nice and or you know things like there was a little boy <laughs> that my grandmother I think I don't know that I've ever talked about my grandmother but my grandfather died when I was a little little bitty baby like I don't remember him other than pictures Mm -hmm. so my grandmother was dating at different points in my childhood which is super strange for those Mm -hmm. of you who haven't Mm -hmm. experienced that your grandmother having a boyfriend is the weirdest thing in the world oh wow but um one of her 
men male suitors or whatever mm-hmm. had a grandson and so we spent a lot of time together and i didn't particularly care for the grandson all the time mm-hmm. sometimes he mm-hmm. was just a little jerk because he was a little right. boy and he was a little jerk yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. and he would do things like like there's a picture i've posted it on instagram before maybe i'll post it when we do when we drop the episode mm-hmm. of us sitting on the stairs next to each other and you can see in my eyes that i'm about to haul off and, and hit him mm-hmm. and it was because he had said something to me and I would always end up getting in trouble for not being nice to him. Right, right. But I think as I got older, and we've talked a lot about me growing up in predominantly, a very predominantly white area. Mm -hmm. I had to learn how to curb that because then it became, oh, it's not that she's not nice, she's violent. Right. (laughs) And so... You know, there was this kind of dance I always did with, okay, well, now I know the words, but people don't always respect the words because there's exactly. this whole thing about, well, and this is a whole other episode we, that we've already done, actually, about mm-hmm. how people sexualize black women in our bodies. And I developed, I had boobs at eight and a half or mm-hmm. nine, and I had hips mm-hmm. by 10. So, mm-hmm. of course, young men would look at me at 11 years right. old and see and, a 16 year old. Also, the fact that no one ever sees black kids as kids. As our actual age. Exactly. Yeah. So there was this, I always felt an ickiness about it. Mm -hmm. So I would try to, you maintain those boundaries and then people wouldn't respect them. So again, I became kind of this very defensive, very blunt, not so friendly version of myself, but it Mm -hmm. was in an effort to keep myself safe. Right. And I think it's funny, I have a best friend from high school who <laughs> we've kind of reunited over the last year or so, mm-hmm. and she was the same way. She was kind of this smaller Asian girl, and she definitely, <laughs> our teachers used to call the two of us and this white girl that we used to hang out with, they used to call us sarcastically the sunshine girls, because mm-hmm. all three of us were known to be quote unquote mean. Right. We weren't mean. Right. We just didn't take a whole lot. We didn't want to hug everybody. We didn't want to be right. best friends with everybody. We didn't want to take anybody's shit. And I just think it is so funny that there's not another word for that. And with black women, and I know for me, I used to hang out with a group that was predominantly um, Filipino women, black women, and Latinas. Mm-hmm. The group of us in high school, we used to hang out together. And whenever we got together, there was always this eyeball on how friendly we were. Mm-hmm. and how receptive we were and i don't know i can't say i honestly can't say i don't know that i've ever seen any signs on whether white mm-hmm. women are actually nicer but mm-hmm. they're always perceived right as their default setting is nice in society right even when they're right. angry they're nicer yeah. than we are yeah and so i think it's been i've always been as nice as i'm capable of being at any given situation mm-hmm the only time that you really will see me be outright mean or rude is if someone comes at me with that energy. Of course. that You're not getting nice back if you're being yeah. rude. I'm going to put... The, but that's what's that's, expected of us. And I'm, and I'm at an age now, especially where um, I tell girls all the time that I understand the idea, you know, this whole idea of I don't want to be nice to this guy that I don't want to talk to. Mm-hmm. and I've done that and I've been there and I've done that and the thing is this I get why women do it and it's sad yeah. that we have to do it but we sometimes have to it's do a matter it sometimes of life it's or death. safety it's straight up mm-hmm. and down safety I know I have been followed I have been grabbed I have been dragged I have been petted scratched hit yeah. so yeah sometimes you do have to do that but 
in general day-to-day life it is okay to have boundaries i don't know why i figured that out at age three right (laughs) and i have and i'm not that's not to say i'm perfect i have i am probably when it comes to romantic relationships anyone who's who who i've ever dated will tell you Dee is the nicest girl on earth yeah Mm -hmm. almost to my own destruction because Mm -hmm. i will be the most patient the most loving the most giving Mm -hmm. until i'm like well Mm -hmm. fuck i'm exhausted right and so no i'm not perfect i don't think any of us are but we do have to find out what that balance is and i think thankfully (laughs) lifting especially power lifting something that kind of requires a small bit of aggression (laughs) right just a little (laughs) (laughs) or at least or at least the ability to not be afraid of your own strength because you can't and i said this to somebody the other day you can't be afraid of like if you're benching you can't be afraid of the bar you got to commit to it you yeah do because it that'll you get your that'll get your larynx right squished smashed, or you know? you know you can't be afraid of the deadlift that's how you hurt your back either pick it up or right don't. and right. same thing with squat if you're hesitating and you're like, oh my god you're inevitably going to either fail the squat or hurt yourself yes so i think lifting over the years and i've been in this for now almost 20 basically this year i think almost 20 years Mm -hmm. has given me some of that um outlet and some of that backbone that i might not have always had i feel like every year that i'm in it longer right (laughs) it has pushed more the parts of me that might not be as like mm-hmm. you know to mm-hmm. show my strength and be confident and saying nope 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 yeah nope, go that and way. it's funny that you mentioned that like even in my even in my training interactions i you know because i too have gotten to the point where i give no fucks about being nice that is not anywhere in my life goals like you know for me i want to be a- an honest person i want to be a decent person and i want to be an authentic person exactly. nice ain't even in the top 20 on that list but anyway i digress so i'm saying all of that to say that i found that you know as i've gotten older and like you know gotten more into um you know strength sports even even in the gym like i, I i'm not nice necessarily are you using that yes i am can i work mm-hmm. in no you no. cannot you know, and usually I'm I'm pretty cool about it. But if, if it's a situation where I'm not about to unrack 400 pounds so you could put some 35s up on this bitch, you either find another rack or you wait. You know what I'm saying? So if that's the if that's the situation, I have no problem now speaking up about it. Like, yeah, well, I only have three more sets or actually, no, I just started. I have six sets. So, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Um, and, and I definitely know that there is a time when I probably wouldn't have done that or I'd have been waiting patiently watching all of my workout time slip away because mm-hmm. some fool was curling in the squat rack. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I think um, I think that, you know, like to your point, you know, powerlifting particularly, but even just I think age and, you know, just being more sure of myself and, and how I show up in the world has definitely made me less nice, which I'm happy about. Um, you know, especially because that word has, you know, so many negative connotations for me. Like I'm, I'm not at all interested in being nice, you know, and even with my son, I'm very deliberate about the language that I use with him now. Um, you know, if, if there's something that he's done that, you know, I'm not happy with, I address that specifically like Kieran, that's not nice. That's not what I say. I say, you know, 
son, you know, I wish I wish you had, you know, responded in a different way. And of course, I, I might translate that into black mama. But, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't. I was like, I'm pretty sure I've never heard you say it exactly like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not happy with, you know, how I do. <laughs> However, howsoever, you know, I'm very, I'm very deliberate and I try to be very accurate about the actions because that's the other thing too you know when people say that you are not nice they are assigning a a value to your entire being as opposed to your specific actions most of the time you know instead of saying well it wasn't very nice of you or wasn't very kind of you to do to hang up on me which okay that's fair right but when we start assigning these overarching values to people and not to their specific actions you know that that can especially kids that goes a long way into shaping how they see themselves so you know i don't i I don't ever you know tell little girls or you know kids that are misbehaving that they're not being nice you know i try to address whatever it is that they're doing and like you know how that may have made that person feel um and i think that's really important like i said especially for little girls especially for little black girls and you know to the point that you made about you know not necessarily having the words to establish your boundaries, you know, with people and what made you uncomfortable and what made you feel comfortable, you know, I, I mean, I think it's great to, to, to be that kind of kid to be like, nah, I ain't, I ain't with the shits. You know what I mean? Because I think that that serves us well as we get older. You know, when you start mm-hmm. removing a, ch- a child's natural inclination to create boundaries and to a natural inclination to listen to their intuition when something doesn't feel right to them that's really dangerous especially for girls and yet again especially for little black girls you know be nice to uncle charlie be nice to so-and-so uh-uh nope Nope. i don't do that and i don't you know what i'm saying and you know that was one of the things i think you know particular to my childhood that i wish had been different you know i wish i had been more i was very quiet sometimes but I wasn't necessarily the kid to be like, don't touch me. You know what I mean? Um, and I wish I had been. Well, you know, you know, it's funny because I was I was a quiet kid. And I think that's actually why people thought I was mean. Right. Because I didn't have, you know, there are a lot of kids, <laughs> stop it. And they mean it. Yeah. And they, they're forceful about it. I was this kid. I would sit there just like I do now. And I would just mm-hmm. side eye the shit out of people. Right. And then they would get go to give me a hug. And I would stiffen up and push. And it, mm-hmm. there, there would never be any words. It would just be a very firm as instinctual like yeah. just ugh, no get away from me and it's i kind of didn't have a choice i think when how do i want to say this without throwing my i'll throw my whole entire family under the bus they don't listen anyway so mm-hmm. having grown up in a very white neighborhood i've never quote unquote talked black i don't know what the hell that means to this day but according to my family i didn't talk like a black person so they gave me a hard time about that from the time I was a little, little, little kid. And mm-hmm. I didn't do quote unquote black people things. So like it, I still to this day, I'm pretty sure that I cannot properly jump or turn double Dutch. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I turn, I turn double handed. I know that, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I didn't even know mm-hmm. what that meant because my neighborhood, there was no one jumping double Dutch. We jumped rope, but we didn't right. jump double Dutch. And I remember that I had cousins who, because I didn't do those things or know what those things were they would give me a really hard time and i had to learn how to say no because i was like you were saying about being bullied at some point it was either going to be me standing up for myself or me ending up i'd probably be in jail if i continued with those fools i mean there were times where they were doing things i completely disagreed with not just people quote unquote for the sake of being black but just because we were kids right and because i was the quote unquote outsider Mm mm-hmm 
the expectation was for me to go along with them. And after one or two good quote unquote dressing downs from my mother after doing something incredibly stupid because mm-hmm. I was following along behind them, I had to learn how to stand up for myself anyway. Whether yeah. it was with the adults who I didn't want touching me because I ew, just stop touching me. I don't know you and right. I don't want your hands on me. Or because I knew that I was going to get in trouble for something that yeah. I didn't want to be involved with in the first place. I it's 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 I'm at that age where a lot of my friends are having kids and I spent what was that? Was that Saturday? Saturday with one of my friends whose daughter is, I think, just turning two, one and a half, two. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting what you were just saying about telling your son not to, not you know, focusing on what he actually did that was offensive or incorrect, right. as opposed to, you're not being nice. And it was interesting because she and I talked about the idea of, as a young black girl, because she's black, I'm black, the baby is black, and we were we had her in a stroller and we were just walking a shopping center mm-hmm. and she said it's so funny she said the strangest thing for her is having to think about how her child interacts with other people because of what the perception is but still mm-hmm. teaching her to stand up for herself and i noticed she does the same thing you know now i'm a lot more tolerant of people's children than i think a lot of people without kids are i like children so screaming kids don't phase me but Mm -hmm. i remember there was a point where we were eating and her daughter (laughs) child after my own heart wanted we had chips and queso and her daughter Mm -hmm. just wanted the freaking chips and queso and she learned the word dip we still haven't figured out who taught her dip she learns the word dip and she was just like nom 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 (laughs) it was a hot mess it was the cutest thing but it was a hot mess and she was when and correcting her instead of her because she was swiping at things you know little little things little kids do you know yeah instead of the it's not don't that's not nice you know it Mm -hmm. wasn't a legit it was an actual correction and i was thinking about when i taught preschool and how often i heard teachers tell kids that's not nice right and it just occurred to me as you as we already said Mm -hmm. it doesn't really mean anything if you tell a child that's not nice they don't know they don't know what that means that just yeah. means it's not, they know what nice means and they know they're supposed to be nice, but they don't know what they actually did wrong. Right. And they don't know, like, it's not like you like you said you mocked. Some people say, well, this is, you know, this is nice or this isn't nice. But most times, like I said, it's just such a general statement. And I find it interesting that it's levied almost exclusively more to girls than to boys, mm-hmm. to little boys. Their Little boys are not expected to be nice. Well, it's just like um, the dichotomy between, you know, boys are strong or... Right rambunctious which even though rambunctious isn't necessarily a positive word it's not mean where girls are bossy and mean right or loud and you know and there's just that environment of support for boys to be be able to stand on their own and say what they want to say right they're supposed to be quiet and nice friendly little flowers in the corner yeah yeah no um so um you know and, and, and and thinking about what all of this means, I, you know, was doing my little searches and things on Sister Google, and I came across this article, and I will um, post the information on the um, episode notes, because I don't honestly remember specifically what website I got it off of, but it was an article about things or signs that you're too nice and, and kind of what to do about it, so I thought that was really interesting, as I'm going through, you know, I'm kind of nodding, like, yep, I used to do that, yep, I used to do that, I used to do that, so I thought it might be kind of cool if there are people out there that are wondering, am I too nice, you know, and what does that even mean? and kind of you know how to maybe start changing that 
that paradigm. So the first thing um, that the article mentioned was that, you know, if you find that you are constantly saying sorry on repeat, um, you know, that's a sign of this whole, you know, niceness trope. Um, and, you know, we I think we've all done it. I think we all do it. Um, you know, again, I think being co- conscious of it is important to stopping the behavior. And when I say that, I mean, we say sorry for everything. Sorry, I'm fat. Sorry, I'm skinny. Sorry, I'm strong. Sorry, I'm weak. Sorry, you know, my hair is short. Sorry, my hair is long. Sorry, I, you know, uh, was feeling sick today. Sorry, I'm feeling great today. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? We say sorry for every fucking thing. Like, how many times have you been in a situation, whether it be a professional setting at work or whatever, and you, it may be you or a colleague saying, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I have a quick question. What you sorry for? You know what I mean? And men very rarely do that. Um, and so I think because again, we fall into that, you know, we got to be nice. We got to get along with our coworkers. We got to do this. We got to do that. You know, that means that, you know, we have to always apologize for just being, for existing. you know, and again, you, you know, you, you, you put that through the lens of a black woman. Yeah. We just got to be sorry for breathing. We got to be sorry for not breathing. We got to be sorry for having babies. We got to be sorry for not just everything really. And you know, that's one of the things I think that it's, it's, it's really hard to break that habit if you're not even aware of it. So the article was basically saying one thing that you can do is try to go a whole day without saying sorry. Um, you know, not apologizing when someone bumps into you, um, you know, whatever. I mean, obviously, you don't want to go out and be purposely <laughs> malicious to your spouse. Like, You're a dick, you know, but just in general. The mental picture is hilarious, I know, right? but don't do that. Um, just in general, you know, just go the day without being sorry, uh, without saying sorry. And just take, I think it'll force you to be aware of how much you say that, you yes. know, or on the opposite end um you know on the flip side of that is just go a normal day and start keeping count of how many times you say it you know if you can whether it be you know you know some people do is like a rubber band around their wrist you know pop it or you know just mark a tally mark whatever just 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 pay attention you know and then you know see how that you know being more aware can kind of help you scale back um and also i feel like this wasn't in the article but to me you know it kind of lessens the, I think, um, authenticity of the word. Yes. If you're, you know, because people, you know, and, and it's the same thing with kids. You correct your kid's behavior, sorry, and that's it. And they don't, like, they have no idea what, why they're sorry, what they're sorry, whatever. And the other thing, too, and this is, I don't know if this is just a black thing or whatever, but, you know, growing up, um, you know, my parents were like, you are not sorry. Don't ever say that. You can apologize for something, but you are not sorry. You know, and so that I don't is know. a black parent thing. Yeah. I have never heard a not. I don't my 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 no my stepfather's Latin. He never said it. Yeah, I think that is almost exclusively. Yep. Black people thing. I never thought about yep. that. And um, you know, and my and my mother in law would say it to my my husband. He said growing up. So you know, I think that also helped me be a little bit aware of how irritating the word sorry can be. So I will. You know, I apologize all the time. I apologize because again you know, it's, it's an active act, you know, you are apologizing for your behavior. I'm sorry, what does that even mean? You sorry you got caught? 
Right. You know, that's what it means a lot. And, of and are you so. genuinely, are you genuinely apologizing? Because right. I think people say, oh, sorry. No, that doesn't. Right. Really and, and don't repeat what it is that they did and why they're sorry. And, you know, anyway, so that was the number one thing. And again, well, I on a related that, note to that, mm-hmm. I know, even though Bree says she's short, um, <laughs> her, Here we go. her limbs are long. Um, Here we go. But really, for those of us who are short, regardless of whether you're short limbed, long limbed, whatever the case may be, but you're short in height, one of the things that in one of my Facebook groups for, I can't remember, but it's a women's fake Facebook group, mm-hmm. a bunch of us did an experiment. And it was really interesting and it was related to saying sorry. We were talking about how often on the sidewalk, Mm-hmm. men expect us to move out of their way and apologize mm-hmm. for being in their way mm-hmm. if you have a day to yourself when because you, i don't recommend trying this with other people it gets a little weird and complicated walk through your day and don't move out of anyone's way and don't oh, apologize playing, for it i'll be playing chicken like play chicken all the time days. stay exactly and force them to to walk around you or you gonna crash into me right either you're gonna bump into me or you're gonna go around one or the other but i'm not moving and it's amazing to see especially as a smaller in height woman because i know Mm -hmm. i'm willing to move if i know you're so tall that you don't see me right like i definitely brie knows i tend to date taller people who are like Mm -hmm. six foot two six foot three six foot four six foot six i i skipped five six foot five y'all get love too um (laughs) (laughs) um but they sometimes literally can't see me if they're looking down i am barely five foot one i am like belly button level (laughs) so Mm -hmm. if they're not looking for me they literally can't see me but i can tell the difference between you're looking directly over the top of my head or you're looking through me or you're just ignoring me and looking through me yeah and i really encourage women on this note of not saying sorry Mm -hmm. also don't say sorry but don't move and you know I, the other thing too yeah and the other thing too that i noticed and i don't know i have to pay attention to this but i actually don't know that i see that as much from like if i'm walking and there's a black man i don't necessarily see that same thing like he may kind of step over to the side like but i don't see him bar- like i don't see that often where he's just like barreling through me like y'all fuck you you know what i mean i mean most times i think people try which is always so weird if you think about it so most times if you are and you and someone are coming in opposite directions facing each other and you your brain says oh you know step to the side but you guys end up stepping each other's paths directly why does our brain do that it happens every time. It does single happen time. most of the time. I think. I think because everybody tries to be. I think that is the one. And then period. you step the other way, so, so you still end so up stepping into each other's path, and then you're both just kind of doing this dance. Everybody's right. dancing. It's stupid. Um, Which is anyway, why it's easier if one person just doesn't move. Right. So I don't <laughs> notice that. I don't notice that quite as much with black men. I do notice that a lot with white men especially older white men well sometimes i wonder if it's because so many black men were raised by black mamas who if if they saw you do that you'd get slapped upside the head yeah even the ones that are like i would say you know the ones that are more so in my age range and and beyond typically will kind of move a little i've noticed a lot of these young bucks don't move out the way for anybody but i think they're just generally rude in, in in general but i i do notice that but you know with white men especially older white guys mm -mm. it's just like you know they're just like you gonna move and i'm like actually i'm not so you can crash into my solid ass if you want to but (laughs) you know so anyway so that was the first thing um and then this the second one that came up was 
you know, you if if you feel like your needs are never met, then you definitely might be someone who, you know, um, is is quote unquote too nice, right? Um, basically, you know, you go out of your way to do things for other people. Um, you go out of your way to accommodate other people, make them comfortable, but yet you you always end up unhappy, right? You always end up your your partner's needs are met, you know, your parents' needs are met, your your friends are happy, but you're not. And no one ever actually bothers to to ask you if you're okay or or, or return the favor and do something reciprocal for you. Yes. Um and, and that's definitely one of those things where you you just gotta start speaking up about it. And I am at the risk of telling all of my business. Um we talked about your boobs, so I guess we can talk about my relationships. That's just how we are today. <laughs> And y'all getting all the tea. You're getting all of our tea today. <laughs> We're just <laughs> dumping it out of the kettle. Um, I'm, I know some of you guys know I was seeing somebody and that recently broke up for this exact reason. Um, mm-hmm. One of the lessons, and, I, and I've already said this on, in this particular episode, is that one of the things that I've had to learn is um, how to, in interpersonal relationships. So I'm great with my family. Like, leave me the hell alone. Right. I'm fine at work. But right. sometimes in romantic relationships and friendships, I don't always set the boundaries I should when I should. And I mm-hmm. say to women, the first time that you feel like he or she, whoever you're mm-hmm. whoever you date, whoever you love, mm-hmm. if you realize that you are go not just going out of your way, but you're always doing for, even if it's not things that are going out of your way. So like, let's say you make dinner cause you gonna make dinner anyway, cause you're hungry. Right. But they would never be bothered to make a plate for you, but you always make sure that there's a plate for them. Right. Think about what that really means. Mm-hmm. If you start to question in the back of your mind, whether they would do all the things for you that you do for them take that as a sign (laughs) Mm -hmm. that means something and don't be afraid and this is honestly um i'm sort of in a very demented way and i and brie heard me talk about this proud of myself because i shut that shit down usually Mm -hmm. those of us who don't like to put ourselves out there like that um we'll wait for it to blow up and blow itself up right right don't be afraid and it doesn't feel nice like it, it almost feels like you're being mean when you're like well what the fuck about me am i right. <laughs> but really once you do it the first time it gets a lot yeah. easier to say you know what and i've and i think i've been on a bit of a spree lately with people calling them out on their shit like this with me mm-hmm. because i do know that there are people who i take care of and not just romantically friends who i pump them up and blah 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 Right. And then at the end of the day, they're like, oh, oh, I'm supposed to help you and whatever. Right. So right. I really urge, especially women. I mean, men, y'all, y'all too. I know there are a couple of y'all who listen. Y'all too. But y'all don't tend to have this issue as much as right. we do. Ladies, right. don't. They're going to make sure their needs are right. met regardless. Whether it, one way or the other. Right. Ladies, right. don't be afraid to say to your partner, you know what? I feel like you wouldn't do for me the way I do for you. Or right. don't be afraid to say to your friends. Or when you don't do this, this is how right. that this is how that makes me feel. Right. And it's funny that you mentioned that because you know you mentioned about like how you know if you do start to put that into practice, you might feel like you are being mean or you feel guilty or whatever. I always I always challenge people. You know, so if this same scenario was being repeated to you by a friend, mm-hmm. what would you say to them? Exactly. What would your advice be to them? 
follow that advice to stand up for their fucking self you know what i mean so it's like you you have to treat you know yourself like you are your oldest and dearest and most treasured friend when you think about you know making sure that your needs are met and it's not selfish i mean it is selfish but that's not selfish in a good way it's, it's not, not a bad thing because guess what? If you can't, and here's what's going to happen: if you, if your needs aren't met, how are you going to meet anybody else's needs? You can't. You live. burn out trying. My to do that. mother's favorite, and my father too. You know, you cannot pour from an empty vessel. Absolutely, you can't. True. You know, and so you have to start, and and it'll feel uncomfortable, and people will push back because, again, you know boundaries and, and and people you know don't necessarily like them the people that love you won't mind well of course you know the people that love you and have your best interest at heart probably wouldn't be doing that kind of stuff anyway but it'll become very clear who is is you know down for you the way you're down for them and who's not yep so it's and it's that, and don't feel guilty about if you yeah, do lose no. people along the way i you know i've i've had to do that to some friends lately where it's like you know yeah. i've needed support help assistance whatever the case may be and i've been taking care of you for however many years yeah. as my friend like this is not right. a romantic relationship this is a friendship yeah. Yeah, yeah, and no. you aren't you would never do the same for me i've come to that realization and i mean how you many can people have, have those conversations it is okay to have those conversations and i will tell you honestly the response you get from setting boundaries tells you everything you a need lot. to know about yep. the person you're dealing with because a person who really does care about you like if i say to brie okay look i need from you xyz brie and i've had those conversations over the years right brie can walk away even if she's mad as fuck when i first say it walk away just like if she sets boundaries with me i might be mad as fuck in the moment mm-hmm. but you can come back and say okay you know what i hear you but if yeah. you get someone who looks at you and is like whatever or decides to throw a tantrum and it right. more okay I'm not even gonna go there let me stop being petty but it's um, true throw a temp- temp- but- <laughs> temper tantrum double de- people, there are people who you set right. a boundary they'll double down on their shitty behavior oh yeah they'll Just straight up wrong ignore and you loud. They'll, they'll not talk to you because you basically called them out on their shit and you know they don't know how to handle it those are not people that you need in your life but take period. all Point of those period. signs as yep I take them as positive signs and the older I get the easier it is to take that yeah. as positive, because I'm eliminating things and people that I don't need that don't serve you and who at the end of the day won't be there when i need them anyway so yeah yeah i mean how many of us have that girlfriend who when she's in a relationship and she's booed up and you know everything's going great you never hear from her but let her shit start falling apart she is blowing your phone up she is calling you at three o'clock in the morning trying to quote unquote pick your brain you know she's getting advice well what do you think i should do about this what do you think i should do about that and then the moment you go to her and be like you know i'm really having you know i'm really going through it today crickets we all have we we've all come across mm-hmm. that person. We you all know, have one. It, it could be yeah, it could be your cousin or your best friend or your, your line sister, whatever. We all have come and I've I have you know gotten like you said more adept at just cutting those people out because no, we're not doing this, you know. Um, so anyway, so uh, the next thing they talked about, and, and again, I definitely remember having this feeling um, a lot is if you agree to do something or say yes to something and you immediately feel resentful you know that you are you know again expending too much energy on caring for others and not for yourself like how many times have you know we had that that thing of you know hey can you take on this extra project can you come to this party can you do this and you're like okay and then as soon as you get off the phone or or text you're like god 
yes to that, you know, and that that resentment will build up. And then when it does build up and spill over and you go off and people are looking at you like, I just asked if you want to go to the grocery store. You know what I mean? Like the, your response isn't necessarily matching that particular situation, but it's just a culmination of all of the things that you're pissed off about, you know? And, you know, the, 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 I mean, the answer to that is obvious. Don't say yes to shit you don't want to do. Yep. And don't be I mean, afraid pretty, to say no. Yeah, it's pretty simple, you know. And this is the thing that's so funny. Like, I found that with certain people, or even more so in general, more often than not, when I did start saying no, like, you go through the scenario like, well, if I say no, they're not going to like me anymore. They're going to get upset. They're going to be pissed at me. They're not going to want to date me, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you build this thing up in your head. And then someone makes a request and you say, I'm sorry, I can't. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. And you're like, well, damn, you know, like, yep. I kind of did that before. So I think once you just put that into practice, then like you said about, you know, um, the previous one, it becomes a little bit easier to, to do it again. Exactly. And where you can try not to get yourself, and I know I have a bad habit of doing this, but try not to overthink yourself into a pit to where you can't do it, where right. you start to feel like you can't. It just it sounds insane but just open your mouth and say no yeah you are and 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 to your point that's all you got to say because the moment that you start explaining yourself the moment that you start you know and and you can't be wishy-washy if you mean no don't say maybe if you mean no don't say let me think about it say no you know unless you are trying to make that decision about whether or not you want to do something we'll get to that in a second but just say no you could say no thank you you could say no. You don't even have to say no. Sorry, because you're not sorry. All right, just no. Just yeah, no. I'm not going to be able to do that. Crickets and just stop talking. And because the more you start, well, no, girl, I can't. Because and the more reasons that you give people as to why you can't do something, the more ammunition you give them to argue with you about it. You know, and and, and again, people that and love it, you, and it lets them think that you're open to being argued. Right. With. Exactly. So you just got to say no. You know, and again, people will get used to it or they'll they'll get gone, you know, um, and it's hard to do that. I've had to do that with family, you know, no. <laughs> and, you know, it is what it is. I've had to do that with my mom, you know, and it was it's never easy. But I'm again, my my priority at this point is me. Number one. Number two, you know, my family and my immediate family and their well-being. But I'm always my first priority. You know, so if my, again, if my mental health ain't good, if I'm stressed out, if my edges are looking raggedy, then I can't really help anybody else. So just say no. Um, and then along with that, you know, the, the next one is that if you never voice your opinion about anything, you're probably being too nice about stuff. And that means, you know, situations where, you know, when you hang out with your friends, you know, and you know you hate Chinese food. How the hell you end up at a Chinese restaurant every single time? <laughs> you know you don't. You know you hate clubs. You hate going out. But here you How are. You end up at happy hour every weekend. You know what I mean? Like, and again, you need to also be able to say, "Hey, well, let's do this, right?" Or, "No, I'm not really interested in doing that." You know, and it may feel weird, and it may, you know, they kind of stop and look at you like, "Wait, what?" But you know, once you start showing up a little differently, again, people will either have to get used to it. Or not. If you have an opinion about something, say something. And if, with regards to dating, since we've been kind of on that back and forth about what we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of us who are single and still dating, I've been on one about dating lately. Um, mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to have opinions early on. Yep. Because quite frankly, if to put it in context, if you like Bree was saying about happy hour, if the first time he asks you out is a Friday night happy hour and you hate Friday night happy hours, guess what? It is so much harder to back out of that the next time yeah. and the next every time you say yes. Mm-hmm. It is that much harder to back out the next time. Right. And quite frankly, if he hates or she or whoever you date hates that you don't like that, then you probably aren't going to get along anyway, to be perfectly exactly. honest. Um, at least not if they're not willing to respect yeah. that you don't want to do that. That doesn't mean, like we said, you don't have to be rude about it. It's just, you know... Huh. Friday happy hour is not my thing. I like to go right. home. And How go about to we do this, do this instead? Either I can meet you tomorrow. And, and if you like the person, yeah, it is okay in that situation. If you want to say, you know what? I need to go home and go to bed. Yeah. How about we meet up tomorrow for breakfast? That's right. perfectly reasonable. Yeah. But don't say yes to a happy hour that you know. Because also, you're not going to show yourself in your best light anyway. Exactly. If you're agreeing to stuff you hate, trust you me. Have an attitude we eventually. all know when you hate something. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, don't do that. Um, and then this kind of I think does tail dovetails with the saying yes and regretting it is you agree without even thinking about it before they even got the request out their mouth. You're like, okay, you know. And again, that's one of those situations where you know you will find yourself with a weekend full of activities or things or obligations that you absolutely don't want to do. And you're going to be mad. You're going to be upset. You know what I'm saying? Like one thing that I had to um, get really good at, and this also helps with learning how to say no, was someone coming to me with a request. And I, I, I say to them automatically, unless of course it's something I absolutely know I want to do, but I say, and this is really important at work. And this is really important in your personal relationships. Let me think about that and check my schedule and get back to you. Yes. And now, like we said before, if you if the answer right off the bat is no, you can go ahead and say no. But at least that buys you a little time to really consider whether this is something you want to do, whether this isn't something you want to do. And then once you do, make sure you get back to me to say, hey, just wanted to follow up with you. Um, yeah, I'm not going to be able to, to handle that. And another option you have in those situations, especially work situations, and this is sort of my way of getting around these things sometimes or dealing with them, not even getting around them, is to say, would you mind giving me some more details about this? Because a lot of times, and don't be afraid to ask the question, because a lot of times when people are asking you for shit they know that you don't want to do and that you probably Mm -hmm. really shouldn't be doing in some cases they will ask you, hey, can you do me a favor? What is it? I'm famous for that. And people think it's so obnoxious, but I am not. I'll be damned if you're going to sucker me into something. I'm just going to answer that and say yeah. But but, but they know a lot of people will, especially women. Hey, can you do me a favor? Sure. (laughs) No. Yeah. In the the same vein, um, you know, because again, and, and this is the lawyerly part of me, I hate to be caught off guard and I don't like, you know, like you said, sort of answering in that particular moment the other thing that people will do to set you up is say hey what are you doing tomorrow yeah why and my immediate response is why are you why do you ask mm-hmm. what do you need and people do you need me for something yep and people will not and i say this honestly 
people fairly often when I do that look at me a little funny. Um, they take it. Uh, some people take it really personally when you're not, you know, right. Especially, I feel like when you're in your twenties, especially people take that really personally. Like we're all supposed to want to be available all the time when you're in your twenties. Yeah. That's not how I've ever been, and I find that when I stop, I, it's almost like you're stopping their conversation when you say, yeah. "Well, why or what do you need? Do you need me for something? Does, is there something particular you need me to do?" People won't always like it, but it keeps you from having to try to back out of something. Exactly. <laughs> and I think people, I think for even with my training, I find myself doing this all the time to people where people say, oh, well, what are you doing tomorrow? What time? What do you mm-hmm. need me for? Because, you know, I'm training tomorrow. Right. And it's people don't always take my training seriously. Well, I don't always take my training seriously, but that's a whole other story. Yeah. Um, but. It at least like it's something that you could just easily blow right, off, right? Like, oh, or that you would right. choose to easily blow exactly, off. and it's not something I choose to blow off very often, right? So, I I definitely have a friend. She she has she's one of those never ending, constant serial entrepreneurs, and mm-hmm. she'll have you know, oh, I'm having, but she won't tell me what the event is. Mm-mm. Nope. Oh well, what are you doing tomorrow? Why? Mm-hmm. What am I invited to? And nine times out of oh, I wanted you to wear those those really tall stilettos you have and be 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 the hostess at my no, Mm-mm. no. And and nine times out of ten, people that do that know that they're asking you something that is either ridiculous or that will be a complete inconvenience to you, or they know that you don't want to do it. Yep. Because anybody else will just be up front and be like, hey, I'm having such and such um, on Friday. Can you come? Or hey, um, I need to do X, Y, and Z tomorrow. Are you available? And I will tell people you, people that people, are transparent don't won't have a problem being transparent. And people will think you're being shady. I'm just going to say that on the front end, but it's not shady. It is protecting your mental health, your well being, yep. your time, your schedule, yeah. all of that, and that matters. And 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 to you know, I think it's really important as someone like, for example, I'm quick to play the husband kid card. I do that shit all the time, whether or not I have something to do with them. That's always my fail safe, right? But if you are in a situation where maybe, you know, you don't have a significant other at the time or you don't have kids, you don't have like sort of family obligations, um, you know, that keep you busy a lot, people automatically assume that you are available all the time. And I I know we've talked about this and I know that, you know, we've talked about how frustrating that can be for you. And, and again, you know, I think it's really important for, you know, those women that are, are, you know, people that are similarly situated, either they don't have a lot of immediate family around them or they're not, they don't have those sort of outside obligations because people automatically think, oh, well, so-and-so can do it. No, so-and-so can't. And this is true at work, too. Mm-hmm. People automatically assume that single people or people without kids are the fail-safe for work, dumping work on them. And it's like, no, nah, bitch, I got shit to do after work, right. too. And that's, you know, and I, that's like the never-ending struggle. Yeah. And I try to be really mindful about that, you know, as as a manager and, you know, as a colleague, you know, and and my kids older now. So, you know, it would be easy for me to be like, you know, well, I have this and I have soccer and I have that. But, you know, I try to not do that um, because it's just not fair. And I don't want to put anybody that works with me or that I supervise in that uncomfortable position of feeling obligated to say yes. You know, I have a young um, lady that um, is is the assistant director now. And I'm like, listen, you know, we have this event going on. If you can't make it or it doesn't, feel free to say no. Like, and I'm, I'm genuine. I'm like, I seriously mean that. Like, if you cannot do it, just, just let me know. It's not a problem. So, you know, I try to be mindful about that. But I think women in particular, you know, because dudes have no problem being like, nope. 
Right. Can't do it. And and they don't you care know? if they and it doesn't matter what they have going on. Yeah. A lot of times they're like, nah, I just want to go home and drink a beer. I don't want to be here. Listen, yeah, and I'm not doing anything, but I'm not doing what you want me to do either. You know, and, and I think we can cert you know, certainly take some cues from that. Um the next thing too is if you don't have your own life. So basically what that means is, you know, if you are quote unquote a nice person you tend to get absorbed into whatever else is going on with the people that you love that are around you whether that again whether that be a partner a romantic partner or you know your parents or your siblings or whatever you tend to always be supporting them in their stuff which doesn't leave you a whole lot of time to find the things that are important to you and that you love to do um and you know I mean, the 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 remedy to that is just get some hobbies, do some get some do some shit for yourself, and get you deeply know, if, involved in them. Yeah, Not, you know, I think one of the things that makes you know that is a real um, value to my relationship with my husband is that you know we both have hobbies that we are passionate about, right? So you know, when it's time for me to be, you know, martial arts wife, kung fu wife and kung fu mommy, I'm all in, you know, I'm helping them at their meets. And my son actually had a tournament recently, but you know, I'm all in, you know, my, my husband manages a um, uh, international um, martial arts tournament every year. And typically he's the tournament director. And I mean, when I tell you that our lives are consumed from June to August 1st, you know, the tournaments in July, I mean it like he's got conference calls every night he's late at the school whatever and I'm, I'm i'm fine with that you know i'm helping him i'm doing his thing whatever because i know that when it's time for me to get ready for my next powerlifting meet he's all in you know and he's all about what i'm into for that amount of time so we both have different interests and even if it's something we aren't necessarily into like you know, nobody likes to sit around all day at a tournament or a meet, but you, you do that because you want to be with that person and you love that person. You want to support them, but not to the own your own detriment. If he got something going on Kung Fu and I got to meet, I'm going to my meet, you know, and he's going to so, do his Kung Fu thing. Yeah. And he's going to do his thing. Yeah. So I think it's really important to, um, you know, again, set those boundaries and find things that you love to do for yourself. So you don't find yes. yourself absorbed in everybody else's stuff. And when you're dating, um, like put that I put that on the front page of my dating yeah. life so yeah. a lot of women we kind of I don't want to say we're raised but we come up through the ranks of womanhood yeah. learning that you should put your shit to the side for your significant other yep and that what he needs or she needs it's usually in reference to men but I know I've yeah. seen the same dynamic in my in you know in the world of the lesbians as well mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. often are raise that okay you put everything aside next thing you know you have lost everything and mm-hmm. i really do put my power lifting and my lifting in general my training on the front end of things i have met people who don't want to date me because i will say no 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 understand i get up at four o'clock in the morning every day right you ain't gonna change that Yep. that that's not debatable that's not mm-hmm. oh you want to go out until eleven thirty at night on a wednesday that's nice good night yeah and okay maybe that might be why i'm single and (laughs) but i'd rather be single than sitting here trying to figure out how to get back to lifting because i've given all of that Mm -hmm. to the other side because oh well this one person wants all that if you are serious enough about any hobby i don't care if it's basket weaving (laughs) if that's what you love to do the person you choose to date 
needs to be asking you or wanting to give it up and they should know about it on the front end i know for me and for a lot of us who are in the powerlifting world especially black women who are dating this shit i know for my white friends i hear it all the time from my white friends who powerlift having muscle and being strong is becoming trendy for white women that shit is still not trendy for us so you know for us dating it's something we do need to put out there because i say very early on look i'm a power lifter if you don't know what that means check my instagram if you're uncomfortable right. with this please go let's not waste yeah. each other's time because it's not going to change right and yeah i yeah i do bench 180 pounds i'm sorry if that fucks with your head mm-hmm. i'm not changing that i'm not right. stifling it i'm not yeah. adjusting it so i think Although we are often raised that we put all that to the side. And yeah, there are going to be times where you need to, even if it's your own life. Um, Yeah. You know, if you have a baby, you clearly aren't going to be powerlifting the day after you give birth. (laughs) Right. right, (laughs) I don't think so. But. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's true. But overall, realistically. Yeah. (laughs) When I met, when I met my husband, when we, and it's funny that you, that exact story that you mentioned happened. Um, we met and you know we you know started dating and you know one of those early times like when he spent the night at my house and you know we had been talking about it and he knew I quote-unquote worked out this is when I was more of a runner girl if you can believe it um, and I think he like he knew I was into it but I don't think he really recognized kind of my level of dedication at that point because we we weren't spending every day together and we lived in two different you know uh, city like enough distance apart at least an hour's drive away so it wasn't like he saw my daily routine every day but like one of those first times he'd spent the night at my house and you know he spent the night it was fine and I got up the next morning like I normally do like I normally did like you said at four o'clock put on my clothes got, got my running <laughs> shoes and he was kind of like what are you doing and I was like I'm going to run and he was like oh you're serious yeah mm-hmm. you know and he was kind of like oh Okay, and he said, and he even said later that that was the first time that he realized that, like, I was definitely dedicated to that pursuit, you know, and he was like, and honestly, I mean, it was, you know, I was really attracted to that about you, Um, but I thought, like you, I thought it was very important for me to get that out there at the outset, because that was not something that I was planning on changing, and, you know, if you did voice that you had an issue about it, you you need to go, so. Never mind that we can no longer get you out of bed at four o'clock for cardio. Unless you absolutely no. have to. <laughs> Unless my house is on right. fire. Then you're fire. running, yeah. yeah. Um, or you're yeah, being no. chased. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, I do it when I, you know, when I need to. I'm trying to do it a little more. But anyway, um, so yeah. And then um, this is, I think, also a really, really uh, common one for a lot of women. Um, you avoid confrontation at all costs, right? So you, again, you know, because you are just so, and I think we are raised to believe that confrontation is bad, um, you end up just letting people have their way because you don't want to let them know that, you know, you, you, they pissed you off or you don't want to ruffle their feathers or you, you know, you feel like you want to be polite or whatever. But again, um, that just creates a situation where you cannot stand up for your own needs you know and I think the remedy to that is just you know and I think people need to recognize and especially women there is a difference between being assertive and being aggressive Mm -hmm. 
and not and I don't even think being aggressive is a bad thing. And but being assertive, being think, aggressive, and being an asshole. Those are all three. Right, exactly. Things. And you can absolutely be assertive without being aggressive if that's kind of not your comfort level and being an asshole about it. You know, being assertive is as simple as, you know, this happened and you know, it made me feel like this and you know, I'm upset about it or I want to talk about it or whatever, or no, actually I'm not comfortable with that, you know, and you're gonna you know you you have to learn how to get comfortable with confrontation because it's gonna happen regardless whether it be at work whether it be with friends whether it be you know definitely with you know your significant other or romantic partner you're gonna have confrontation and you have to know or conflict and you're gonna have to know how to resolve it you know and and for me it was particularly important because you know when you have a little person that's watching everything that you do and watching you know your energy you you have to be very deliberate about how you approach certain situations because that's how they learn you know and he needs to learn that it's okay for mommy to say to daddy you know when you did this it made me feel like this you know because then when his girlfriend does it to him he's not going to wild out and be like you know you don't you know, you don't say that to me, but he's going to learn to be like, okay, well, let me be receptive to what she's trying to say and vice versa that I'm teaching him to stick up for himself. You know, we just had a situation with that, you know, this week at school about advocating for yourself, you know, so I think it's really important that you stop, you know, get out and you hear people say it all the time. Oh, well, I, you know, and it's almost like I hear women say it like it's a cute thing. Oh, I'm, I, I just, I, I, I avoid conflict. I'm a conflict avoider. Giggle, giggle. That's, it's like, not, oh, that's not cute. cute. That's not cute. And that doesn't mean you should always be confrontational. Like you, like you said, you don't have to be a jackass, but <laughs> if, say something. if somebody, if somebody gets in your comfortable space or pushes your boundaries, you have to push back. And to be honest, it's, how do I want to say this? I think it's really important to understand how to go about and what works for you in terms of communication. So Mm -hmm. I know for me, I have to sit back for a little bit and evaluate a situation to figure out what it is that's bothering me. Because if I say Mm -hmm. the first thing that comes to mind, you're going to get, hey, you, you're being an asshole. Fuck you. That is my first, I will not even lie and pretend like I'm always worried about the nuance of a situation. Mm -hmm. So I know that sometimes I have to sit back, evaluate the situation. Then once I've evaluated what's pissing me off, Mm -hmm. then I can do something about it. Right you have to figure out how how you have to do that and i know for some women who do this whole conflict avoidance thing part of the reason that i really think avoiding conflict is completely useless is because most of the time we're not actually avoiding conflict a lot of times what we're doing is being fucking petty let's be honest we'll have a problem with someone and i caught myself doing this recently and had to call myself out on it to be confrontational about what was bothering me Every time I had an encounter with this person, instead of me just saying, you know what, you're being really kind of a jerk to me right now, I would give that person petty back. I would be sarcastic. I would be a little, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, shove, shove. (laughs) Or passive aggressive. aggressive. And that's usually, especially I know with my female friends, I see that a lot when they don't want to get real about what's going on. Mm -hmm. We do these little sarcastic passive aggressive you know these little things that don't really make anything any better and if anything mm-hmm. they make they force an uglier conflict than needs it's to really so happen. funny 
let me tell you something with the with the onset of social media i i literally can can pinpoint the moment when i know that my friends are having problems with their romantic partners mm-hmm. because the shit that they post the memes that they post the in the vague book post all of that i'm like girl log off and go talk to this person because you are getting on my damn nerves with all of this you know if you can't appreciate me at my worst you, you can't, can't have, have me at, me my, at best. my best you know, and one day, you know, when people realize they miss what was gone when the whale went, girl, shut <laughs> up. Like, don't nobody care. Go handle your business. And it's, 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 I saw something yesterday and I can't remember. And if I thought I could remember who posted, I would just go find it because it should still be up on their stories. But mm-hmm. it basically said, you're out here posting all these memes and sayings for him he's somewhere cheating on you so he can't see it anyway right and he may not or be he's cheating sleeping. but he's sleeping somewhere he's having a beer with sleeping his boys like a baby and he ain't and I remember, about your meme <laughs> look and i remember so many times you know early in in our relationship where i mean literally i would be seething and he'd be over there snoring and i'd be up and mad but you know what when he asked me what was wrong i said nothing and he was like okay good night so I had to learn how to stop doing that. Yep, and don't do you it know? in your female friendships. Don't do it in your relationships. Yeah, it's, I, I can't stand that. If you, I can't stand that. And if you're making a choice to not have a conflict, if you don't want to admit... Or, then you can't bring or, that or, shit up six or, months Right, and, and you don't want to confront whatever it is, that's your choice. That is a perfectly right. valid choice. I don't think it's the smartest choice, but it's a valid choice. Right. Number one, don't bring that shit up six months later. And number two... right. You have to literally choose not to have that conflict. So that means shut up. Literally yeah, shut up. Let it go. You can't you have to let it go. You can't poke at the you can't poke at the bear. You can't yeah. make little sarcastic comments. Well, cuz it's not fair because and that you can't point, expect people to read your mind. Exactly. You're asking for the other person to read your mind. You what you're really trying to do is force them into a confrontation and you right. want them to do the dirty work. That right, isn't exactly. fair either. And it's immature, you know, and, and I've had this conversation with, you know, girlfriends where they're pissed off at their husband, they're pissed off at their partner. And I'm like, well, why don't you just talk to him? Well, he should not. I'm you like, tell let him? me stop you. Let me stop you right there. You know, I don't even play those kind of reindeer games anymore. No, that's not fair. And people, people should. What do you mean? He should know. Have you expressed before that this bothers you? Then how the hell should he know? You know, like in the same thing, you know, with with, you know, men that I know, and my husband even well, you know, we we would have those conversations early on. Well, you should have known. No, no, I don't read minds that ain't they ain't nowhere on my resume. So, you know, if you want to, again, start having your needs met, you have to show up. You know, you can't just put everything on the other person. You have to show up. You have to do some of the heavy lifting. You have Mm -hmm. to do some of the hard work. And you don't get to complain if you've not opened your mouth. Right. Right. Not that that means Um, that your feelings are invalid, but it means you don't get to complain because you never asked for anything. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And then finally, um, one of the points that the article brought up about, you know, no one of the reasons why you may be too nice or sort of why what drives us to act in certain ways um and i think everyone kind of feels this way at one point or the other is that you're afraid of being rejected right because the thought in 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 you know this happens on so many levels a lot of times when you're dealing with toxic people they kind of either overtly or sort of 
um, you know, subtly basically say, if you are not meeting my request, then I am not going to love you. My love is conditional. My acceptance of you is conditional. Um, and so because we're so deathly afraid of that, you know, again, we find ourselves in situations where we're doing and saying everything to keep this person or to please this person. Um, and, you know, like I said, I, I think we all have, have been through that phase of life somewhere. Um, but I think one of the things that you really, that really is helpful with that um, on different levels is just really working on your own sort of self-confidence. And I will tell you, I definitely noticed kind of how this ties into strength sports and more specifically powerlifting. Here's the thing, like once you once you find yourself in that world as a woman, particularly as a black woman, like you already said, like you're already doing something that most people cannot, would not, don't understand, right? Don't know how to do, don't understand. So you are already setting yourself up to be in a space where people are going to reject your passion or try to be negative about what it is that you love to do, right? And a lot of times, most of us end up getting into the space where we're like, I don't really give a shit if you like it or not. I love this. This is what makes me happy. I'm going to do it. And, you know, once you start building up that muscle, it becomes easier to speak up for yourself knowing that this person may or may not, you know, respond positively or may reject you. Um, I, you know, I, I, I've definitely gotten to the point in my life. And again, I think a lot of that too comes with just maturity and age. But, you know, I've definitely gotten to the point in my life where I just, I don't worry about that anymore. You know, if it's important enough to me to, you know, speak up about something or refuse to do something or however I need to, you know, preserve my own boundaries, I'm kind of like, if you don't like it, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. but that's not going to change that this is the case. And so people have, yeah, I've definitely lost friends. You know, I certainly lost, you know, lovers and boyfriends and things when I was dating. Um, but I just kind of got to the point where I was just like, oh, well, you know, I've, I've lost, not lost family members, but I definitely have, you know, gotten estranged from certain family members because I was like, you don't get to treat me any kind of way. And so if that means that we don't talk, then we just don't talk. It's, it's, it's fine. It might be hurt. And that's not to say that you shouldn't be hurt or that you're not going to feel, you know, feelings of loss or grief about losing something, a relationship that was important to you. But the, the relationship that should be most important to you is the relationship with yourself. Amen. Um, and I think, you know, by working on that fear of rejection or, you know, knowing it's almost like, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, I, that's, I do that in a lot of situations when, I, when I'm experiencing fear. Okay, well, what's the worst thing that could happen in this scenario? Okay, well, my boyfriend could break up with me. Okay, but are you gonna die? Like, is that gonna, <laughs> no, I mean, literally, you kind of have to break it down like that, but like, are, is he gonna t literally take your heart out your chest with you? Yeah, it'll hurt, but you're strong and you'll survive. You know what I mean? You kind of have to ha start having those talks with yourself about certain things. And I think that will definitely go a long, long way towards, you know, alleviating that fear of rejection. Or at least, or at least making it less important to where, yeah, it's there, but it's more important to me that I accomplish this. Exactly. Or at least if you have those conversations with yourself, I know it's easier to brace yourself for impact, so to speak. So right. if you know 
like we said about my lovely situation, I knew that bringing my concerns to the table, that there was like a, you know, fairly good chance that this was going to end, bring about the end of a really good, what felt like a good situation to me beyond this one. Right. Right. I sat back and that allowed me to brace myself for impact. So mm-hmm. yeah, am I happy? No. Right. <laughs> this on this on this show, like on this podcast and be like, yeah, it's great. No, it's not. But it was a lot easier having said to myself, okay, realistically, what are my possible outcomes here? One, right. okay, we agree, we fix it, we move on, everything's happy, flowers, daisies, and butterflies and shit. Or B, this destroys everything and it's over mm-hmm. and I have to start dating or attempting to date or what have you or whatever the next steps are at some point in the future do i like that idea not really but at least you know what's coming or what the possibilities are no matter good bad i'm a person who likes to know or at least conceive of what the bad is yeah i don't do so well with the is it going to kill me? Because I can convince myself anything is going to kill me. Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Google, into Google and WebMD are great for that. Don't use them. Um, Don't. <laughs> but if, but at least if I know what the possibilities are, being able to brace for impact is enough yeah. for me to be able to move forward with whatever it is. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, you know, and I, again, since we, we spill the tea Wednesday or Tuesday, God, it's only Tuesday. What is today? Tuesday? It's Tuesday, oh, my dear. Oh, it's the longest week. Um, so, you know, just to kind of share something about what you were saying and, and kind of an aha moment for me. So, you know, I guess maybe about nine years into my marriage, maybe nine or ten, like we, you know, my husband and I started having a lot of issues, like a lot, a lot of really serious issues. I mean, to the extent that it, you know, I was already trying to figure, I got to a point where I was like, if I need to find a way to get an apartment and support my child, what would that be, right? Um, You know, we were definitely close to ending things a couple of times. It was just a really tumultuous year for us. And, but I will say this, um, there just came a point in time when I became acutely aware of the fact that if in fact, you know, our marriage did end, would it hurt like hell because I love that man so much? Absolutely. Would it be really hard to kind of, you know, move past that? Sure. Would I survive and be okay? Absolutely. And once I realized that, I was able to approach my marriage from a position of freedom. And, and I don't want to say power because it wasn't about power, but I, I was able to approach our problems and address our problems and confront our problems from a position of freedom because I wasn't scared anymore. I wasn't scared of, well, if I bring this up, if I share this with him, he might leave me, you know, because I was kind of like, well, the way shit is going now, if I don't share this with him, he might leave me anyway and I'm still going to have to be okay. You know? And once I realized that, like I actually felt in my heart that I would be okay as a, as an individual, like it really just set me free. It really did. And so, you know, I, I, I bring that up to go back to my earlier point about, you know, once you kind of work on that, your level of confidence to fear the, that, that fear of rejection becomes less important or less like 
looming, you'll find that you'll be able to take more risk and speak up more for yourself and, and, and do things to make yourself happy. Because at the end of the day, like I said, all you really got is you, you know, and so that who that's who you that's who we should be most um, motivated to to keep happy. Exactly. Is ourselves. Because at the end of the day, you're stuck so. with yourself forever and ever. Amen. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. And on that note, <laughs> every time we're like, we're going to keep this episode too. And out. no, anyway. we can't. Not when it's just the two of us. I know, but this was so good. Like, I was so excited to talk about this, and it was, like, so, so good. Yay for Spill the Tea Tuesday. Now that you guys know all of our business. Look, and I'm like, don't be going to my Instagram trying to see my titties, all right? (laughs) Um, Anyway. (laughs) Well, oh, I know. I didn't post the angle where you can see them mind choking. Yeah, I'm going to try that, right? I'm going to try that No, seriously. I feel Um, it when I bench. I feel it when I decline bench. Like, it's just like... (laughs) let's see let's see how by how much your views look um anyway thank you again you guys for joining us um as per usual you know you can find us on the interwebs you can find us on instagram you can find the podcast on itunes and soundcloud we are on the twitters we have a facebook page so and everything's either the chocolate bar the chocolate bar podcast so you know comment listen to the podcast tell your friends leave us a comment on itunes or soundcloud leave us a rating um anything else i'm missing i think that's everything i think that's everything i think that's everything we've got more exciting guests coming up for you soon so um you know stay tuned for that catch up on some old episodes you know do whatever laugh at our ridiculousness laugh at our foolishness and fuckery and uh thanks for joining us guys we love you we'll see you at the bar i'm brie oh (laughs) i'm d (laughs) we are signing out goodbye bye (laughs) y'all